This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 235 and it's just you and me hanging out today. I uh, thought I'd record a podcast uh, that spoke a little bit more to beginners in the first half and then in the second half speaks to the most common questions I seem to be getting time and again in our DMs at the moment. Obviously, I am one person and with tens of thousands of people potentially uh, emailing us, messaging us, it's it's impossible. I have to set that boundary to not reply individually to people um, for the most part. And uh, but I do see common themes and I do want to help you as best I can with the time I have. So I thought we could take a look at what some of those common themes are and I'm going to answer them. A lot of them speak to uh, common questions around environmental toxins, mould, uh, a lot of people a bit hazy on EMFs, how worried should I be, what should I use, do those stickers work, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to be answering quite a few questions on that, uh, hair care and a whole bunch of other stuff today too. Before I tuck into uh, my chat with you today, I wanted to highlight a couple of fantastic Lotox brands. Uh, as you know, this month we're featuring a couple each week. And so please feel free to go back to last week's show and the week before uh, if you're listening live, uh, because there is a stack of value being handed to you guys this month and you won't want to miss out. I can see a few of you have made the most of it and let me know and shared uh, pictures and things, but it is a great month for making some low-tox swaps. Uh, and these two brands today will not disappoint either. So Walida, a brand that I know many of you know and love, uh, Walida Australia is giving you 15% off the entire Walida range. And uh, the code is Walida100. So real, real easy to remember. Head to walida.com.au and I highly recommend you check out the new hydrating skincare that's based on an extract from the prickly pear. It is so beautiful and moisturizing, but super light on the skin as well. So if you're wanting to try something new, then uh, check that one out too. Just released in May. Uh, and then the other brand I wanted to mention uh, is a wonderful brand uh, of kids' pyjamas, Organic Got Certified. They're called Organic Nights. It is two of the loveliest women who run this, so passionate about our bubbers going to sleep in comfy, low-tox sleepwear. And it is the softest cotton I've ever experienced. I got a little pair of the top and PJs for my um, nephew for Christmas because I was just sad that my boy was too big now and had grown out of them uh, and, you know, the biggest size, if you like. And so uh, I'm like, thank gosh, I've got four nephews. They're going to they're gonna sleep in organic nights moving forward. So you have 25% off their gorgeous pyjamas and your code is LOWTOX25 with the percent sign off. So LOWTOX25% off. Uh, at the checkout and uh, their website's uh, super easy to Google. Organic Nights is the brand name. Uh, so enjoy those two special offers. And I wanted to also mention we have put in a bonus round of Golo Talks this year. Why? Well, the start of this year was pretty hectic from a uh, pandemic perspective, from a uh, political perspective, a lot of stuff going on in the world. And Facebook, for some reason, our ads got caught up in <laughs> uh, being political. I'm pretty sure going low tox isn't political, but uh, they got queued and then denied. And I didn't realize because it was a really busy time for us um, looking for a house. And so uh, our ads never went live. And so a lot of you guys didn't see that the first round was on. 
Some of you did, thank goodness, through newsletters and Instagram, etc. But uh, I didn't want people to have to wait for the October round. And we've been asked a ton of times, um, is there any way I can do this course earlier? Now, I don't like to just uh, make this course an evergreen course that anyone can just jump into any time because I really like to personally coach it and make sure everybody is uh, really feeling clear by the end of the five weeks. And so we're putting on a, a bonus round. So you have an opportunity to jump into Go Low Talks. June 7 is the kickoff. So you've got a little bit of time and you just find the registration page through lowtoxlife.com and then go to courses on the menu and then you'll see Go Low Talks right there at the start of it. So it's super easy to find. You can register for lifetime access uh, and uh, it's, uh, it means that even if you don't get everything read and done and watched in the five weeks, you have ongoing access and you can come back to different topics as they become important to you later on. So uh, there's tons and tons of recommendations in there, brands, expert videos, DIYs. Uh, we've added in a couple of webinars, um, especially to help on the DIY front. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good uh, course to help you feel like you've left no stone unturned and to help you know that when, it, when your capacity to make changes for another topic that's important to you, but not the most important right now uh, comes around, then you can jump into the platform, access your information and make some really great choices without having to go down internet rabbit holes, hoping that you have found the right source uh, only to sometimes be greenwashed or waste your money because it's actually not a very good product and all that kind of stuff that often happens when we uh, try and do all the research on our own. Trust me, because I failed a ton of times on my own, scouring the internet many years ago now. Uh, and uh, that was one of the reasons I put Golo Talks together. So uh, that's all I had to say about um, the course, the beautiful Low Tox brands that are giving us some offers this week. And now I can hook into directly speaking to people who might feel a little bit confused with going low tox or who might be new to it uh, and really starting to try and think, whoa, this is big. Like, how am I going to prioritize all of this? Because it's a super common question. And uh, it was something that I spoke to so many people about on the book tour three years ago when my first book came out. Um, and uh, I could see so often people had this sense of failure, like I'm not doing this well enough, I'm not doing enough. And the problem with things like social media is you see people who've been on their journey for months, if not years um, now, and that can make you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so behind, uh, that person knows so much more than me, uh, or... Um, I feel guilty and ashamed that I haven't swapped the bath toys yet or whatever it is, you know, and I just want to speak to that directly because you're enough. You are enough. You are not behind. Uh, from whichever point you wake up and often there's a bit of a gateway. So for me, the gateway was food and then I moved into body, then I moved into mind and then I sort of moved into home. That was probably the order of the pillars for me. And then the environmental awareness was growing all the time throughout those topics of revelation, if you like. Um, but for some other people, you know, sometimes it's body first. They have skin rashes and it turns out to be a cream they're using and that's how they start looking at the nasties on labels. And then they think, oh, gosh, look at this muesli bar and look, what are all those things? And then food comes later. So it really just depends on you, your priorities. A lot of people come into leading a low-tox life because of some kind of immediate health challenge, whether that be for your child, for yourself, for a partner, for a family member, and it forces you to think outside of the box uh, because conventional uh, approaches might not be working. I've seen that so many thousands of times over the years. So my first piece of advice to the beginner or to the person who feels overwhelmed by how much you could be doing uh, is to say, have a real thing like journal, you know, just grab a cup of tea, 
grab a blank piece of paper, grab a pen and start writing about what's important to you. Uh, Because often, especially in an outward looking world that we're in right now with, uh, you know, connection and uh, understanding and meaning often coming from an outside source rather than from our own innate wisdom, simply because we're so bombarded with things from the outside world through our phones, through the televisions, through the ads as we're crossing the street with the um, the uh, bus shelter ads and all that kind of stuff, and uh, through the experts and the amount of self-help books. it's It can just be so overwhelming to to even uh, think, well, what's important to me? (laughs) Um, But it really does come down to that. And you have to ask yourself, what is the most important thing to me right now? And this could be really useful if you're quite far down the journey, but you still got a lot to do. Uh, You have to think about what your circumstances are. You have to think about what your uh, challenges are that are in front of you right now. So, for example, you know, a lot of people are really worried about plastics and reducing plastics. And sometimes we find uh, the easiest runs on the board are the single-use plastics. And, oh, I can remember to pack a cutlery set and for the food court at, um, you know, work, lunch. Or I can remember to bring my coffee cup and I can stop using Glad Wrap and, and some things like that. Um, but then, you know, and I'm faced with this as well, you can't find a plastic-free shampoo alternative that works for you or you don't have time to make your own face serums or you just don't you can't picture getting your head around that right now because there are other things that are more important than you than it Um, and so for you right now that might be that you have to buy your Um, face serum in a a brand form and you know this is why I really love sharing low-tox brands I think there's this undercurrent of shame of you know you have to make everything yourself and I really admire the amount of people inspiring us to do that I really really do because for those that feel like they are ready to take that step and can and find something that really works for them in the DIY uh, sphere then hooray, amazing, yes to less plastic and yes to less uh, stuff. Um, But I guess because I've visited quite a few brands at the helm of the work they do over the years, uh, both in my time in the liquor industry, um, in my time in cosmetics way back when, and now more recently in low-tox land, uh, business has a huge amount of potential to do good by people and planet. And if I thought about the world no longer having certain massive low-tox brands because we all started making our own stuff, um, sometimes when you make your own stuff, you know, the oils might not come from as great a place as that company, um, you know, like a jojoba or whatever. It's harder to screen. Um, Whereas if you buy sometimes from a big low-tox brand, one of the big pioneering brands, and I'm talking kind of Dr. Bronner's, Walida, Young Living, that that kind of level and size of business um, where they have all the awards and they have all the certifications and they have all the transparency, sometimes we can actually do more good um, buying from big brands than um, nondescript small brands. And I'm not saying small brands are bad, by the way. I'm just saying uh, when you're buying single ingredients, sometimes there's less transparency as to where they come from. And luckily we have amazing stores like Biome these days who vet everything to the nth degree for their single um, ingredient uh, DIY uh, ingredient bars that they have where you can buy all sorts of different things and make your own products. They have a huge range. It's so gorgeous if you can get to one of the Brisbane stores especially. Um, but I, I, I guess my point is, is I don't want you to be ashamed or think that you're doing a bad thing if you buy from a great company doing great things in the world, uh, paying workers fairly, uh, rehabilitating local economies by working with developing countries to help create raw material chains of uh, quality, transparency and ethics. Uh, you know, there's some great stuff that big business can do and does do. And I, I really have found my peace in embracing it all 
some DIY, some big brand stuff, some little brand stuff uh, with great small companies doing incredible things. I just kind of love everyone who's doing good work and uh, I want to support across that gamut. Uh, And, you know, there's more and more post-consumer plastic, recycled glass being used, and that's because of people like you and me saying that's important to us. So uh, for anyone feeling like they have to make everything from scratch because they'd be ashamed if they didn't, uh, just go easy on yourself and see what the right mix is for you uh, and see what you can tweak and change. You know, maybe you don't even want to use post-consumer plastics, so you buy a bar soap instead of a post-consumer plastic Castile soap, for example. Um, you know, there are, there are so many different shades of grey in this low-tox journey and what you want to achieve and how you go about achieving it in the prioritisation that you have for yourself and your family uh, is going to look really different to the next person and the next person and the next person. Uh, I always say, you know, sometimes students in Go Low Talks say, oh, my gosh, all these, you know, topics are rolling out so fast. And it's not because I think that everybody should stop everything and read everything and watch everything every single day of the course, um, which, by the way, there's only four new topics a week, not seven, so it's not quite that intense, but um, it's because different people have different priorities. And if I did a topic a week over a year, um, people would be like, but I don't want to wait nine months for the low-tox, the detox uh, module. I, I need to learn about that stuff now. Uh, so it rolls out really quickly and then it's up to you to build your prioritization list uh, and that's why we have the lifetime access so that you can come back and look at other pro- priorities as they arise for you in your life. You know, maybe um, you literally just bought some shampoo and conditioner and you're more of a phase-out person than an A-type scrap-it-all-and-start-again person and so you think, you know what, I'm not going to look at hair as a topic yet because I've just bought those shampoos and conditioners so I'm actually going to put some more time into uh, the makeup day because I do want to freshen up my makeup and um, I'll come back to hair when I'm close to running out so you don't stress yourself out. And I really think um, whether you do a course or not, that is how we should all be approaching going low tox. Um, Another thing that I see often is a real uh, um, push to go low tox with only one type of brand and I see this a lot with network marketing Um, and you know I have a young living uh, community as well it's not that I'm against network marketing at all like I said if it's a good company doing good things by people and planet uh, I don't care what the business model is then I think you know everything should be celebrated that's doing great work out there Um, but what I do think is important is that you never feel that you have to be pressured to glorify only one brand or one way of going low tox uh, and um, tribalize it to the point where if you did want to buy something else or try something else uh, that you weren't shamed or feeling um, like you'd done a bad thing. I think the psychology of going low tox is really important to me and I always feel this real need to protect people's mental health on a journey of change and to help you feel like you are uh, doing great no matter what order you're doing it in, no matter how fast or slow you're doing it. You know, it is your journey and yours alone and you can't feel that you have to be dictated to as to how this is going to look for you. So if that's starting to show up for you, and there's a bit of judginess around you, then just take note of that and just say, you know what, Mm, not my vibe. Uh, I want to do it this way or uh, I want to just kind of feel a little bit more free to explore how I want to do this journey rather than prescriptively by someone else's um, uh, protocols. Uh, This is why Go Low Tox uh, isn't a protocol nor is Low Tox life. It's more of an offering of information and support and resources for you to build the kind of journey that sits right with you, uh, that you feel relaxed about along the way. And obviously there are going to be some very non-relaxing aspects to going low-tox. I think about my mould journey, very (laughs) non-relaxing and still uh, still feeling the effects of that many years later. Uh, So um, it's more that you feel relaxed about what you are able to do, how you're able to commit and show up and at what speed, with what 
time with what money you have rather than feeling like you have to do it someone else's way. So uh, in the great words of Forrest Gump, that is all I have to say about that. I'm, I'm going to spare you my southern accent. My son does a much better one than me, so I will not. Um, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so that was one of the major things I wanted to talk about for people who are new or for people who are simply feeling a little bit overwhelmed right now when it comes to making changes. Uh, and then the next thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, this, uh, a few of the, um, themes across food, body, home, and mind that I find really important for us to, uh, work on and make sure we're, uh, ticking the boxes on. I think with food, my most important thing is if you get lost, if you start, you know, getting too confused and complicated by diets and protocols and what's working for you and your family or, um, you know, how, what really mean, you know, what does ethics really mean in food? Uh, it, it has become a really complicated topic and I genuinely believe it's become complicated because we have too much privilege. Uh, food is not complicated when you're connected to nature, when it's a basic need and when you are um, connected to local produce. It's not a complicated thing, never has been. Um, food becomes complicated when uh, there is either scarcity, so for underprivileged people, and complicated for overprivileged people who literally have too much time and money, no wars, nothing to fight about, and so we start fighting about something, we fight about food. Uh, and it's sad uh, because, I, you know, I've interviewed so many incredible doctors and practitioners over the years, and the consensus is always produce, no matter what particular angle on that they have from their specialisation it always comes down to produce. So if you're feeling confused right now, look at what you're, what's in your trolley or basket. Look at how much of it is ultra-processed food. Uh, I don't care what the label says, whether it's low-fat, plant-based, uh, low-sugar, sugar-free. Uh, forget all the labels. If it's got a label, sometimes that means in and of itself it's probably not a great idea. But how much produce do you have versus ultra-processed packaged food? And once you start to look at what the rough percentage is in your basket, the best thing you could possibly do in the next couple of weeks is to try and increase your produce by 10%, reduce your ultra-processed food by 10%, and you're on your way. I don't care if it's organic, regenerative, whatever, Conventional produce is still better than ultra-processed organic food. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just is. Still going to have way more vitamins, nutrients, enzymes, live benefits than some strange ultra-processed uh, texturized vegetable protein nugget. Um, much better to eat uh, some a beautiful chickpea curry and it'll probably be cheaper. Uh, or if you're an omnivore, much better to eat some uh, conventional meatballs from factory farming. Yes, I am saying that. I know it's weird uh, and I am dead against factory farming. But the reality for some people is, is they are looking in front of them at a choice between. And uh, Diane Rogers in her book, Sacred Cow, does a really great job of addressing socioeconomic challenges around food and the privileged message around uh, um, indoctrinating certain lifestyles with food um, and, and just making people who can't afford it feel guilty and I would never do that on my watch. Um, and so, you know, the, the choice might be for them between a really processed, uh, texturized vegetable protein uh, plant-based nugget or patty um, and uh, a conventional mince. Uh, if I were in that spot, I know which one would be better for my body, would give me the B vitamins I need as someone with neuroinflammation, and I need a ton of B vitamins. Um, and we have to actually honour our bodies uh, as well. And then, of course, when we're honouring our bodies and what we need, we have more energy and health to fight the good fight of reducing and eliminating factory farming and uh, providing more support and resources for people to make regenerative uh, transitions. 
So I know that can be jarring to hear. I know it probably feels really weird coming out of my mouth. But I guess the reason I say this stuff, the reason I'm talking to you about it now is because nothing is black and white and there are people having to make choices. This could be you listening that feel deeply ashamed about not being able to do the perfect thing. And you will never have to feel deeply ashamed about not doing the perfect thing on my watch. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> it must be because we watched Forrest Gump recently uh, that, I, uh, that I'm finishing these little um, sections with that's all I have to say about that. But, I mean, how good is that movie, right? So anyway, tangent uh, averted, back to what I was saying. So just think about produce. Think about how many more different coloured veggies you can get. Could you choose a different nut or a couple of different nuts to the ones you chose last week? Could you add a couple of fresh herbs in the basket this week? How do we bring that variety of nutrients, cycle them in through our weeks over the year, seasonally, and start to reconnect to nature? Uh, because when we do that, food becomes way less complicated. You know, and then we can work towards uh, thinking about where we're sourcing from, what budget we have to make the changes. But we were having a discussion about this in the Low Tox Club, which you can join anytime you like. It's only 49 bucks a year. Uh, and um, you can do that by heading to lowtoxlife.com and then to the uh, Explore tab and join the club is the first option. Uh, we have a leaf blower that started out there, guys. So hopefully this is not going to be too noisy for you and you can hear me just fine. Um, and in the club, someone said, oh, my gosh, we're a family of four. We're spending $450 a week on food uh, and it's too much. Um, and, uh, you know, what's everyone else spending? And then there, lo and behold, you know, we're a family of three and we spend about 400 And I can get that down to $350. Um, but $400 a week, to put it into perspective, if we eat two meals out a week, um, that makes it $20 per person per day for organic regen produce driven diet, um, that we have eating most things from scratch. Um, I think that's a pretty sweet deal. Uh, and if I think back to, um, getting my lunch out at a food court or, um, getting a couple of takeaways a week or buying a lot more convenience packet foods, uh, we were spending pretty much the same before. Uh, so it hasn't actually, it has been a cost neutral exercise. And I think when it's not cost neutral is when there's just a little bit more work to do to make the most of some of the special offers around. So um, shopping, if you shop online using something like the Whole Food Collective, uh, who have great offers and, and specials for their for their um, community all the time with their pantry goods. Uh, or if you're um, uh, a city dweller and you actually like to go physically to the store and pick things, Naked Foods is great and they have 20% off on the first Monday of the month of all of your pantry items. And if you can just plan yourself out, um, you know, my butcher, uh, Ethical Farmers, often has specials you know, group buys, you know, get the chicken pack and save $30 and those sorts of things. So if you engineer yourself, if you, if you set yourself up for success by having as few supplies as often being on their email addresses and making the most of the special offers when they come along, you can make it a cost neutral exercise. Uh, often I find people get stuck and caught and out of pocket switching to more, um, organic, uh, options is when we swap the packet non-organics for organic packet. Um, that, that's definitely way more expensive. But if we reinvest all the money we used to spend on packet stuff into our meals, make them more wholesome, nutritious and delicious, uh, then we need less packets anyway, less snacks, less on the go stuff. Most people can subsist with a, a little apple or a handful of nuts if you really need something between meals. And that's when it actually becomes a bit more um, realistic and effective. So uh, hopefully that gives you a little bit of clarity around the food piece. Around the body piece, I think, you know, most important is to just get that 
soap and ditch the plastic bath gel, shower gel, you know, all those sorts of things. It is just the easiest plastic free swap you can make to go back to an old-fashioned soap bar. Um, You can get a beautiful olive oil soap if you need a bit more moisturisation. I'm a big fan of um, those classic French-type Marseille soaps, Um, but I also love the Dr. Bronner bar soap. Um, Those are probably my two favourite types. Um, Walida actually has a beautiful lavender soap and the calendula soap for bubbers is really, really gentle. Uh, So if you actually have um, very sensitive skin as an adult, you might actually want to go the calendula soap from the Walida baby range for you as a little option there with the special that they've got this week for us. Um, uh, And then, of course, uh, with uh, the body, uh, I often get a lot of questions around detoxing and uh, breastfeeding. Uh, the best thing you can do if you're breastfeeding or if you're pregnant, you do not want to undergo any kind of active detox. And I've spoken to many doctors on the podcast about this over the years uh, and professors in environmental sciences such as Mark Cohen. Um, So if you are pregnant or lactating, uh, breastfeeding, then just simply stopping using the things that you used to use and switching to low-tox options is as much detoxification as you want to do. Um, You don't want to do active detoxification, chelation smoothies with tons of coriander, charcoals and all that kind of stuff. Wait until later because you don't want it coming out through your breast milk. Uh, And so I thought I'd address that question seeing as it comes up a lot. Uh, And then when it comes to the home, that is one of the biggest, most challenging topics going. And uh, this is something that... uh, often is the most scary because the home is the roof over our head. There's a lot of emotion around it. There can be a lot of trauma around illness caused by one's home, uh, whether that is mould or whether it is living in close proximity to phone towers uh, or whether it's discovering an asbestos issue or lead paint. You know, there's a big, big things to deal with. And uh, there are so many times I get asked questions and honestly, I wish I could answer them all individually and and go through everybody's questions, Um, but it is literally not possible. We get that many and I'm just one person. So I'm going to answer a few of those questions for you right now. So one person who popped into the inbox recently has kind of summed up all the most common questions that we get about mould. When someone listens to our shows, especially the ones with doctors like Dr. Sandeep Gupta, uh, I've had on twice now, Uh, you would have maybe caught his show last week. He's Australia's foremost SIRS or CIRS or biotoxin illness doctor. Uh, and uh, Dr. Anne Shippey, who I had on the show a couple of years ago, uh, as well as a couple of solo shows I've done about moving and uh, and so forth. So um, I have Emily here who said, first of all, I just want to say thank you for what you're putting out in the universe. Only in the last few weeks have I, be able, have I been able to draw all of these random symptoms and sicknesses I've been experiencing since 2017 back to living in a house with mould. I'm currently listening to your most recent episode with Dr. Sandeep Gupta, making lots of notes, but I do have some more specific questions. Uh, And this is when people join the conversation in something really recent that we've published. Uh, You might not know how much we've published on this in the past. So these are great questions. uh, And it's going to help me point a lot of you guys into the right direction in terms of how to get support. Uh, in your local area. Um, I do not provide support. I'm not a building biologist. I'm not a mold remediation specialist. I'm not an air conditioning uh, clinician. Like all of these things exist and actually some incredible mold support groups have compiled a lot of this information for you. So Emily's first question was, what do I look for with a mold remediation company? How do I know they're reputable? Are they responsible for finding the source of the mold and remediation, uh, remediating that or just the mold specifically? I called a company, I'm located in Newcastle, and they directed me back to my insurance company to make a claim with them so that they will treat the source. Not sure if this is correct. So it really depends on where you live, what type of insurance company and policy you have. There are so many different specifics 
that make this a very individual journey. And I can't recommend enough joining uh, the Toxic Mould Support Group here in Australia. Uh, if uh, Obviously, you're an Aussie, Emily, so that's going to be a good one for you. And uh, if you're overseas, joining a like-minded uh, community like the Surviving Mould community over in the U.S., um, and these sorts of things have been set up specifically for people to be a bit of a brains trust for each other and uh, vouch for particular remediators, etc., who have uh, they've had success with uh, because it's obviously a huge cost and what uh, you see being talked about as a way of fixing mould or remediating mould, quite common things like fogging, don't get to the source of a leak and don't uh, clean up what might be in any wall cavities, attic spaces uh, or subfloors. So you really want to make sure you are actually getting your home remediated, especially as an owner or investor. And uh, Toxic Mould Support uh, is also a website uh, toxic mold. I'm putting it into my, um, <laughs> uh, I'm putting it into my URL now to actually get the website name for you. So it's toxicmold.org. And the awesome thing about what Caleb and the team have done there and Jason, uh, and Sean now as well, who's helping moderate on the Facebook group. And it really is just an amazing Facebook group, sexiest group on Facebook, right guys. Um, but so helpful to so many people. Um, you have resources, uh, you have uh, a, a buildings tab that takes you through inspection, remediation, legal rights, building code, and then air purifiers, dehumidifiers and vacuum recommendations based on the most high performing ones as tested by groups like Choice. Um, you also have health and practitioner directories to help you through all of that, um, as well as what is SIRS, SIRS explained, symptoms, etc. So it's a hugely uh, helpful uh, website. And if you're over in the US, Surviving Mold is a really great website as well. Um, and I had uh, uh, Corinne Segura, building biologist from Canada, on the show last year, uh, and she would be a great one to look up as well. Does some incredible blog posts on uh, what to do, how to do it, who to connect to. So if you're Canada or US-based as well, you might find My Chemical Free Home, Corinne's website, uh, useful as well. Very detailed um, writer. So uh, I can't tell you what to look for uh, in a remediation company, unfortunately, but I can tell you the resources that Toxic Mold Support have put together are very, very good. And then if you're in the Facebook group, you can put it out to the universe. I'm in Newcastle. Who's had their home remediated around here with success and a clearing up of your symptoms? Like it's really important that you don't just remediate and it's not done well and you still feel sick. Uh, so always important to say with success um, and you got healthier, uh, has anyone got someone to recommend? Uh, and so you'll you'll start to see recommendations come through. Um, now, the next question was, how do I engage a building biologist? What is their role and how do I find a reputable one? So if you know that you already have mould, you could actually just go straight to the mould remediation step. But if you're trying to figure out how bad it might be, whether it might be a leak or indoor humidity, and you still have questions around why you're experiencing water damage, uh, a building biologist is just awesome to bring in because they're going to be able to uh, diagnose uh, any kind of moisture patches around the home and they're also going to be able to look at your indoor air humidity and see if it might be actually a ventilation or a high humidity issue. Uh, and um, they're, they're really great for an um, overall sweep of the health of your home and helping you then pinpoint what your major issue is, how it's being caused, and then often have their own networks of remediation support to take those next steps. Um, and if you're really sick and you have the budget, they can even project manage it for you and help you continue along your journey um, in getting your home remediated. So hopefully that helps. 
Uh, I want to give a shout out to my building biologist, Jo Leah, No Tox Rocks, uh, here in Sydney. And she does travel if two or three clients in a close by-ish area like a Newcastle or a Southern Highlands need to um, have a building biology assessment. I know she travels. So um, that's that could be useful. Uh, and then the third question was, is there a roadmap of how to get a diagnosis, health-wise I assume, and who from? So again, on toxic mold support, you're going to have a health and practitioners list of people who have either been trained by uh, Dr. Richie Shoemaker himself or who have um, been trained by, there's another fantastic um, couple of uh, integrative doctors in the States, Dr. Neil Nathan, Dr. Jill Carnahan, who are helping to make more doctors and practitioners literate when it comes to mould and mould uh, and biotoxin illnesses, um, whether that be caused by mould or uh, Lyme, co-infections, etc. And uh, so I would actually start hunting. And my number one piece of advice with putting together a health team is you want to make sure that they have actually had success in making people better and they're not stabbing around. Like you could even ask, can I please have uh, some testimonials? Do you have anywhere on your website where patients have talked about how much better they are? Or again, you can go to the Brains Trust of a mould-oriented Facebook group and say, okay, who has had a doctor that has helped their health improve, uh, if not fully recover? Uh, because you obviously want someone who's had success rather than uh, who, you know, who are you seeing right now that for me wouldn't be enough. And then you're going to get some great recommendations, possibly even local ones. But I know thanks to telehealth, you're often able to connect with people all over the place these days. So uh, those would be my recommendations. And then of course, I often get asked, you know, can I keep some of my stuff And the good news is, yes, you can, uh, but there's a lot of stuff you're not going to be able to keep if your place is truly water damaged and if it is throughout the whole house. So the main things you're going to be looking at, uh, unfortunately, having to part ways with uh, anything um, that is material and has a filling is going to be your top priority to replace. So mattresses, cushions, pillows, any padded uh, lounge room seats, dining seats, um, and uh, and that kind of a thing. Decorative cushions, soft toys can be a really tricky one unless you want to do a whole bunch of um, washing. And you might want to do that with your child's, if you've got children, um, favourite toys, uh, soft toys, and then uh, move the rest on. So it's really important to uh, definitely look at replacing all of those if it is at all possible for you to do so. There's obviously different budgets, different uh, ways to reduce uh, mould load, but those anything with a filling, soft filling, would be the most important thing to replace. Then there are tutorials online as to how you can save your clothes through um, three-stage washing processes and uh, and those people have mixed results. So really you want to try and get rid of as much as possible, unfortunately, and it's certainly not a great low-tox planet aspect of being mould sensitive. Uh, it's not my favourite part of my journey, I have to say, and there's a huge dichotomy there, isn't there? You know, just the the fact that I, I can't go to op shops and buy things that have been in other people's homes because with the statistic of around half the buildings being water damaged in some way or having high humidity if you're uh, in areas that are humid, um, the likelihood of a mould load, a mycotoxin load in those items is just too much to think about. Uh, and so uh, new it is. And then of course, uh, sometimes that doesn't always work out because warehouses can be mouldy. But I'm not saying this to freak you out. It's more to just start to really think about how you can construct the healthiest aspect and um, to buy locally so that you can actually ask questions about people's warehouses and what condition they're in, if they're well uh, air-conditioned with good airflow, etc. So um, I have actually produced a show that I did as a solo show a couple of years ago, gosh, three years ago now, um, show number 77 that is all about uh, how to move 
and how to clean the things that you are keeping. So hardwood and metal items and plastic items, you know, you may become someone like me who had to dishwash about 10 loads of Lego uh, with borax to kill any mould in the dust inside all the intricate pieces of Lego and then sun dry them. You know, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do, but I'll get you to listen to show number 77 to fill in the gaps on that one. So those are a few of the FAQs I get on mould um, and I'm going to pop a few details there that I shared and referenced into the show notes so that you can actually go and start to look at some of these additional resources and connect yourself and feel more empowered. Okay, so some common questions I get about EMFs. Uh, do you have any info on e- using EMF protection stickers that are marketed for sticking to your phone, etc.? Unsure if they're actually worth it. Looking to get either EMF protection fabric or cage for my Wi-Fi units too. Um, look, so building biologists and I have the the tools like a, a gasometer, etc., to test um, to test EMF levels on various devices. And I actually bought one of those stickers, just one of my own desperate parts of my journey. And the reading is no different whether that sticker is on that phone or not. And so a building biologist will say, please don't use that as your I feel good, I've done something tick. Uh, Much, much better is my suggestion to buy Um, something like a really good EMF blocking phone case. And when you speak on the phone, uh, to have the phone actually in its cover closed, because if you open up the screen side of the cover to have a phone call and you press the screen to your face, there's no EMF protection whatsoever. They're designed to be able to have them closed and speak at the same time to reduce EMF exposure. That would be my hot tip for that circumstance. So I've um, added a link to the case that my entire family, my son, myself and my husband, all have our phones in these cases um, from a great local um, uh, business. And uh, and so I'm going to pop those details in the show notes for you. Uh, so, I mean, put a sticker on it if you feel that it helps. Uh, but I really like to be able to test and measure, and I love that you can test and measure the effectiveness of a good quality EMF blocking phone case. Uh, if you want other EMF blocking items, I wear the sports t-shirts um, because my tennis club is unfortunately located quite close to towers, about 400 metres away, uh, and they have helped me enormously. It's amazing. I just became fitter overnight when I was wearing the t-shirts uh, at, at the club. And um It is the funniest oldest school website you've ever seen, but it's effective and they ship worldwide. And yes, the shipping's super expensive, but if you feel like your brain is on fire and you know it's not mold and you either live near phone towers or you um, have had a building biologist assess and um, tell you that things are really quite high in your house, then uh, maybe it would be good to look into getting something like a cage for your Wi-Fi, et cetera. I would like to shout out to Lynn from uh, EMR Australia, who has some incredible um, ways that you can very dramatically reduce the EMF levels in your home through some technological processes. She has an engineer that can, uh, I don't even know how it works, but basically um, uh, taps into the frequency of your modem, your specific modem and your provider and Uh, then has these little attachments um, that you can put on your phones to to get rid of the EMF exposure altogether when you're in the house. And you can buy EMF-free computers from her. It's pretty, pretty cool stuff. So if you feel like this is something you want to work on, you're ready to work on, you need to work on, uh, then uh, Lynn from EMR Australia is a great one to get in touch with. So... Uh, I had one more question on EMFs that comes up quite often. Uh, and it's a tricky one because, you know, I've had Nicole Bilsmer on the show a couple of times to talk about EMFs. So please do go back. I think it's show 65. And then we did another one last year, specifically on 5G and what the preliminary research is showing us. Um, but this reader has asked, is there such a thing as a government or World Health Organization standard of acceptable EMF levels? 
If so, where can I find it? Um, look, you guys don't need to email me for this. Google is pretty darn fabulous. Or um, I use Ecosia, which is a, um, a green search that plants trees for your uh, search efforts online. I love it. If you're not using Ecosia yet, please do. Um, but literally when some, when this person um, DM'd me, I thought, oh, I wonder if there is. And so I searched uh, World Health Organization EMF levels, uh, guidelines, and it came straight up. And so the, um, so you can do this too. Uh, remember I'm one person with 45,000 people on Instagram, 70,000 people on Facebook and 26,000 people on the email list. It is not likely you will get a personal reply. It's literally impossible. So I want to train you guys to feel more empowered to search for this stuff online as well. And this, I have to say, is one of the chief reasons coming and doing Go Low Talks with me is going to be really helpful because you spend five weeks with me personally becoming completely empowered. So you know you can go and search for things and read things and deduct things from them confidently. Um, and so the link for this particular report by the World Health Organization is www.who.int forward slash slash P-E-H hyphen E-M-F forward slash standards forward slash E-N forward slash. And that will take you to that page on the World Health Organization's website. Uh, so, uh, and they point out that one of the things that everyone's trying to work on right now is developing a global health guideline because of the uh, public concern for the technology and a lot of scientific concern for the technology's uh, bold rollout worldwide of all these different frequencies. So uh, enjoy nerding out on that. Um, now I got asked a question about, um, what was it? Uh, vanilla bean powder. That's right. A little bit different. Um, but I use, I have the great fortune of having an auntie, two aunties in Mauritius and Mauritian vanilla bean powder. My mum's from Mauritius as well, which is here, uh, is, a taste like no other for me. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> that's just me that can get that. But my second favorite is the Tahitian vanilla bean powder that you can get. And actually sunshinevanilla.com.au sell the powders. I really like the powders because they're dried out. You know, they're going to be mold free and, um, I can really nicely adjust how much I want in a recipe. And I find a quarter to half a teaspoon in the odd, uh, cake or, um, batch of custard, etc., is more than enough. And I find I spend less that way. So if you want to check out the, um, sunshine vanilla website and order some vanilla bean powder, that's what I tend to use because a lot, often a lot of the pastes have sugars in them. Often the extracts have, uh, alcohol, obviously to preserve them. So you can't do any like a raw chocolate with an alcoholic based um, extract because it's just going to taste bitter and revolting and then you can't feed it to your kids. Uh, well, I don't know what happens in your family, but <laughs> I don't. So anyway, uh, there we go. Uh, and then I'm just going to rip through a couple of other questions that I've often had uh, around cookware material. Now we have a cookware bakeware uh, module in Golotox that is huge and super detailed. Um, carbon steel is an excellent option. Uh, Debea is a great brand for that. Uh, also Solid Techniques, my cast iron go-to, and they have a fantastic Facebook group, plenty of support in there for seasoning, re-seasoning, uh, creating that perfect nonstick surface. I actually collaborated with Solid Techniques and produced a beautiful baking tray for flatbreads, pizzas, cookies, uh, and crackers that is um, amazing. And uh, the benefit is it's a couple of kilos, so you're lifting weights at the same time. Uh, and uh, that offsets at least half a cookie, I'm sure. So, um, in terms of other materials, you want to look for a good quality, well-known brand ceramic. And why I say well-known brand is if you buy $2 shop or reject shop type um, cookware or Aldi, sometimes you just don't have the visibility on how these things were produced. It's impossible to get lead containing safety data 
And uh, if you're a huge brand like Chasseur or like Le Creuset, then there's no way you're going to want your brand tarnished by consumers finding out and testing and finding lead in your product. It would literally ruin your brand. Uh, So big brand is better when it comes to ceramic and enamel cookware. Uh, and with steel, uh, nickel free is going to be your best option and solid techniques is an example of that nickel free. Um, and you just don't want to cook too many acidic things. Like I wouldn't do a tomato based stew, ragu soup, casserole type thing that I'm going to cook for a really long time, like slow cook for hours in a steel, uh, pan because, of the leaching of metals. Now, it's not going to be a huge drama, but at the same time, it's the same reason I don't do it with cast iron. I don't want too much iron leaching into my foods. So I would choose a ceramic or an enamel situation for acidic slow cooking. Uh, That's why slow cookers are best in a ceramic or enamel container. And then, of course, there's glass. Uh, Vision is a good glassware brand. and um, sill it as well. So you've got a few options there to get you going uh, in the cookware world. Um, But please do consider joining us for Go Low Tox coming up next month, uh, which you can do lowtoxlife.com, hit the courses tab on the website menu, and you'll see Go Low Tox is the very first one. Uh, So I've answered a whole bunch of questions there, and I just wanted to finish with the mind. So the mind is one of your most important assets as you journey on a low-tox life because I've seen a lot of people try to go low-tox and be super stressed out about it. Uh, Or I've seen a lot of people experiencing health challenges and seeing every practitioner available in the naturopathic, nutritionist, they get an integrative doctor on board, uh, they do some chiro. But if if you're not meditating just even 20 minutes a day or going for a walk in nature or going to sit in nature if walking's too much for you, Uh, finding peace, being disconnected from your phone, connecting with friends. These are some of the most important health benefits that exist, just as important to your morale, to your overall health as organic food, as uh, plastic-free soap bar, as remediating your home from mold. So please look after your mind. Uh, And one of the ways that I like to do that is to meditate. I love Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. I really enjoy his meditation. Sometimes I find that I don't have a huge amount of time to devote 60 to 90 minutes on a meditation. I might do one of his once or twice a week. Um, But I am also doing the Ashok Gupta program, or it's called the Gupta program, and I'm going to pop that in the show notes as well. This is crucial, this course, I think, for anyone who experiences any kind of chronic condition and needs some mental bolstering as you are navigating that. Uh, And often for people with trauma in their past to help address an oversensitive, overreactive brain to everyday toxins that are in our environment. And I know from the intense trauma of the initial mold impact that I have that sort of, I like to call it a bit of a PTSD effect where I am very easily triggered by tiny things. And uh, it's not so bad as it was before, certainly not as bad as it was since I started the Gupta program, but I highly, highly recommend it. And speaking of Guptas, Sandeep Gupta, the different Gupta, who's the... um, CIRS Dr. Gupta. And Ashok is not a doctor, but he is the um, neuroplasticity uh, master with the Gupta program. So the other Gupta program that you can do that is actually specific to SIRS uh, and biotoxin illness is Sandeep's Mold Illness Made Simple course. So if you're navigating this as a general topic and you really want to become in the know and empowered, I can't recommend it enough. And actually both of the Guptas have special offers on their programs for our community. So, But if you do need that mental bolstering, a bit of brain retraining so you're not as anxious, as high strung, so your nervous system doesn't feel like it's constantly through the ringer and you're always in fight or flight, Gupta program rocks. If you do the work, you will feel the benefits. I promise you. 
So that is the end of my solo show. I hope you guys have enjoyed that. I hope there was some advice there that was useful to you, things to help you move forward in your low-tox journey. Uh, I look forward to seeing some people start to join Go Low Tox for the next round. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a really exciting month in uh, June, well, June, July. It'll kind of cross over. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful end to your week. Enjoy and go head to the show notes, uh, lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast if you want the codes and reminders for today's, uh, this week rather, a couple of Lotox brands who are offering you some super, super sweet deals. That's Walida and Organic Nights. And also for any of the extra information that I just shared with you so that you've got it all in one spot and can click through to whatever you need to read up more on or connect to. Thanks, guys. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social on Instagram at Life or one word, or my personal Instagram uh, at underscore Alex with two X's, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at Lotox Life. Uh, and of course, lowtoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a low-tox life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Low Tox Club for just $49 Australian per year, which is about $29.30 US, about €27, and about £25. You get a stack of club member perks and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lowtoxlife.com, hit the explore tab and you'll see join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.